NBA Fantasy NBA Hybrid Podcast brought to you by Jalen, Kyle, and Michael. We are here on Tuesday, December 22nd, hours before the tip-off of the 2021 season. And we are here to talk about our fantasy drafts, uh, which happened over the weekend. Scorekeeper was its usual, well, not quite usual free-for-all, but there was some free-for-all, and it was a usual competitive fun. Um, how do you guys feel about the teams and your draft strategies? I felt coming in that I could be a middle of the pack or if I had a particularly bad draft, um, even maybe falling out of the playoffs team um, and to come out with some projections that put me in, you know, around the top three, um, I felt was about as good as I could have expected. Um, it's keeper yeah. league. We had some teams with some really major values coming in um, who, I, I mean, I, I think as Alamo said in the, uh, you know, in the draft um, may not have maximized that competitive advantage, you know, coming in with more money and more talent. Um, Some people sat on their money um, and we had some frenzies here and there, but, you know, um, that came late. Um, But that also meant that if you got in early and I happened to get in early, there were some real values to be taken away. Yeah, there are a lot of good values at the top of the draft and a lot more values in the middle of the draft than we normally see in scorekeeper. Kyle, I thought uh, you took a really nice strategy there. You you conserved some money. You made um, what I thought were really solid value choices uh, throughout. Um, Any of those you were particularly happy with? So, I mean, I'll talk about Russell Westbrook first because I think that, you know, it's always good to talk about um, sort of you know, circumstantial values that you can fall into. Um, Russell Westbrook went for $36, which is more than what he was projected to go for. But in my build, um, where I'm punting turnovers and free throw percentage, um, that puts him really nicely in like the value category for me. I think I even could have gone a little bit higher than that. And I was surprised that, you know, just by name recognition that he didn't go higher. That said, I didn't mean to draft him. I was actually at that point <laughs> pushing the price up on other people. Right. Um, and when it hit 30, you know, 36 and no one was going to take it for any more, I did walk away pretty happy. Um, right. it, was a, it was an odd feeling, though, because I had set aside a fair amount of money um, for Ben Simmons just for what I want to do. And, you know, given how much money people throw at top of the draft players, I thought that I might need to set aside about $50 for Ben Simmons. Right. Um, and I really like Ben Simmons. He's been a you know, crucial part of what I've been doing for a couple of years now. And I thought getting Westbrook, that that was basically going to be out. And um, right. a couple draft picks later, um, he gets nominated. And um, I think I might've even nominated him just to sort of see where he was going to go. And I decided to go in on it and sort of like push it and see where it was, you know, Sure. Um, you know what he was going to go for and he ended up going coming in at 37 and so I got two um, point guards um, you know sort right. of right off the top of the draft to pair with uh, De'Aaron Fox too which really like solidified the build I mean it made guys have more yeah. value in your build with a free throw punt and a turnover punt than they have for some of the other teams out there so I'm sure some teams are looking at you a little askew going why is this guy paying these prices for those players who can't shoot free throws. Um, but 
uh, what a lot of people seem to be missing is in a build, you can pay a little more and still get extra value for guys like that. And I thought you killed that aspect of it. You yeah, came it was, out with both of those guys. Yeah, it was a, it was a little and hard. Drummond. Yeah, well, the Drummond was like a, a pick I had to get after doing that because, sure. you know, um, Gobert went really early in the draft this year. Um, and, uh, you know, he went, as, he went as the seventh pick, and that was kind of before I was ready to get in. He actually went at a really good price, too. But when Gobert is gone and we have, you know, some other major centers, in fact, a lot of major centers like um, Bam Adebayo and um, – you know, trying to think of some other people who are like already at keepers, already out of the draft. Thomas, like Thomas Bryant, Bryant, Mitchell Robinson, yeah. Onus, Aiton, yeah, yeah it goes exactly. on and on. Like, There's just a ton of every them. young center's gone. They're keepered pretty much. Oh yeah, Chris has all of them. Chris has Bam, <laughs> DeAndre Ayton, Rashawn Holmes, Thomas Bryant were all his keepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like. Drummond became an absolutely essential buy after that. And I really thought that I was going to get a hard pushback from Alamo, who has a pretty similar build to me, but he was conserving money. And I think at that point, that was the point when he really needed to pay more. Um, well, what was he conserving money for at that point, do you think? Because he ended up with extra money at the end, which, you know, most managers never want to do. He made good picks throughout, obviously. Um, do, do, do you think there was a strategy? I mean, yeah, he didn't convert there, but was he after a different strategy that we're not seeing? I think it, I think there are probably two things. Um, you know, it's a keeper league, and so anytime that you can get players at low cost, then sure. you, ha you have a possibility for future advantage. Right. Um, it's also just, you know, the, there's the stars and scrubs model, and then there's a sort of balanced play. Sure. Um, and I think that he already had the stars that, you know, he's already keeping yeah. Jason Tatum. Um, and I think he knew that he could go out and buy one more star too, and then fill out with, you know, um, not just scrubs, but you know, with a really balanced team beyond that and make yourself pretty, you know, um, impenetrable. Um, right. And, right. Uh, and I just think that he, he waited a little bit too long, you know, to, right. to um, you know, I think he would even agree with that. Um, I think he would too, seeing, you know, ending with money um, and, and that he had one of those picks um, and we'll come back to these. He had one of those picks that there was a bit of a bidding war for that wasn't fully justified by the value maybe, unless I'm misunderstanding what he was doing there. But um, before we get to those, Jalen, let's talk about your build a little bit. Um, you were, you were shifting your build from a, a field goal punt turnover punt to more of an efficiency build this year how do you feel about your draft and, and what you came out with um i mean i think i'm i'm improving incrementally like i certainly think this draft went a lot better than last year's draft um and i think that i like the players that i drafted certainly fit my build of the efficiency build much more so than um, you know, I think I was caught between two builds last year, whereas this year I think I'm firmly in the efficiency build. Like someone like, you know, Ben Simmons, um, LeBron James, Andre Drummond, Rudy Gobert, like basically anyone that fits Kyle's build. I didn't even like touch the, the bid, but right. just was like completely right. just ignoring them. Um, and so the, the questions really that I had, I think I really did a good job of maintaining my, my free throw percentage. Like I don't think I'm going to have trouble – um, winning that category most uh, weeks, I think. 
Um, yeah, you know, I think you're number one in the league at that by a decent margin. And all of your big shoot free throws, um, Zubac, yeah. Noel, even Tice is a fine shooter, Jackson, of course, and, and um, who am I? Oh, Embiid, and Embiid. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all of your bigs are shooters and, and, and support the stature. Um, Jalen, can I ask? Your high uh, value guys have. Yeah, go. Mm-hmm. So you changed your team name. So you used to be Fat yeah. Mamba, and you changed to <laughs> to World Be Flat. And I did expect with a name like World Be Flat that you might be going for Kyrie Irving. Um, and and I'm curious, did you put a bid on on him? I mean, I know he would have really done a I lot think, for your free throw percentage. Yeah, I think I did. Like, I think to be honest, I feel like I'm missing one more high quality player. Like, I think my biggest regrets are sort of at the top of the draft after I got. Um, Joel Embiid for $43, which I think is a pretty good price, is not trying to get either Kevin Durant or um, Kyrie Irving. And I, I did bid on Kevin Durant. And at the time, I was sort of, this was when we were on a Zoom call for our draft. I was kind of surprised by the fact that other people weren't, there weren't more people bidding. It seemed to be me, Kyle, and one other person, I can't remember who was bidding, I guess, the Bricks, uh, who got him. Um, and I just was kind of surprised to see that. Like, we were talking about this before we came on the pod, that I just think KD is going to be really, really good this year. He's looked great in the preseason. You know, talk about efficiency. You know, he's always hovering around 50, 40, 90 every year. Um, and I think the injury concerns, you know, while they're valid anytime anyone is coming back from an Achilles tear, I just think his game, you know, is a finesse game. He's got the height. He's got the shooting skill to age well. And, I think the extra time that he had off because of COVID because of the layoff with the season is really going to do wonders for his game. And I think he's motivated, you know, I think this is his first time where he's really on his own sort of, he's not under the umbrella of golden state and the 73 win warriors and all this sort of stuff. And he's also not an OKC next to Westbrook and like his early career um, narrative. So this is a chance for him to kind of branch out on his own theoretically, you know, and he was obviously one of the, you know, he was arguably the best player. He won two finals MVPs with, with the Warriors. So you could say he was on his own or at the head of the snake there as well. But, you know, more narratively speaking, I think that's that's something that's going to matter coming into the season. So, yeah, I mean, I think both those players, Kyrie and KD, are going to have good seasons. They seem, you know, they seem sharp in the preseason. They seem motivated to play. And so, yeah, I just, just want to shift to talk about some of my thinking, not only about my build, but broadly. Like, I think... I was interested in Jokic. I think Jokic is going to have a great season. I've been listening to the dunked on pods and Adam Morris was saying Jokic looks great. He looks in shape. He looks motivated. Um, and I was also a bit down on Carl Anthony Towns. I wasn't sure. Obviously he's experienced like a ton of tragedy with the loss of his mother and multiple family members. I think six, six, uh, yeah. six family members due to COVID. Um, so I, I was just worried about, you know, how that might affect his play. Um, and I, again, listening to other pods, I've heard people say maybe he hasn't looked great. And, you know, he's talked about the fact that playing the game of basketball won't be therapeutic for him. So I don't really know where all that shakes out in terms of fantasy. You know, maybe he just gets off to a slow start, but picks it up later on the season. But those are just a couple of players that I was like sort of high on uh, or, you know, down on compared to the consensus. Right, right. 
Um, let, let, let's move to that discussion um, we, we approached earlier then, um, because there are some players that um, it seems as if a few managers were very high on, and I don't think I was in the bidding for any of these guys, um, but Middleton, Kyrie, um, D'Angelo Russell, Baisley, all right, Kawhi, um, all of them went for prices that were way over the Yahoo suggested value, even way over the value for particular builds in which they might increase their value. Um, Kawhi went for 77, Middleton went for 42. And to give you some perspective on Middleton at $42, Kyrie also went for $42. And um, his per game is much, much higher than Middleton's ever will be. Um, Russell, I think you said Kyle went for 28. That was a late frenzy. Um, Baisley, 16 was a late frenzy. A few other guys like that. Um, do you think that's an instance of people just having money to spend or is it people being desperate for particular stats at that spot in the draft? I think there is a, there's multiple things happened. I'm not really sure. I don't have an explanation for the Kawhi situation because in my head, if you're willing to pay 77 for Kawhi, you should be paying around the same thing for Kevin Durant. Um, you know, I think yeah. they're both uber efficient. They're both, if you have concerns about rest and load management, you should have, the same Sam concerns Parch, for Kawhi. Right. <laughs> um, I think KD is probably going to do better for you in blocks. Um, he blocked five shots in the preseason. So yeah, he is. yeah, I just think that like, I was, I was a bit surprised by the money there. Um, and then with other things, I think at least I can speak to this. Like, I think a lot of the overpays were just a result of people kind of being smart. And I think that was also the result of some of the value that was uh, gained. Like, Kyle, you got James Wiseman for two bucks. And I think that like, I didn't even like, it was over before I even saw it happen. You know, like, I don't even, I was like, I didn't even know James Wiseman was on the board and then he was gone. And I think there was like, and another example of that Anthony Edwards went for $8, which is like, not, it's not like breaking the bank. You know, I don't think, I don't know if it'll be worth that this year, but it's like, if you're betting on the future, that's not like a terrible price price. Whereas someone like Tyrese Halliburton, who's going to be much more of a bit player for the Kings, who might be more efficient and he's going to give you more defensive stats possibly than Edwards. But he went for 12 bucks that, and that I got him. So it's like that's definitely an overpay. But I think it's an overpay because people understand that like Halliburton is going to be a solid fantasy player because he's like right. going to get steals. He's going to get some blocks. He's going to like, you know, he's sort of like, um, he can shoot. yeah, he's going to be more efficient, but he's not going to give you the, the, a ton of counting stats. And so I think that was a result of, of thing, people just kind of being smart and staying away from some people. And then that meant that more people were in on a handful of players. Well, that's actually what I was going to say was that, the one trend that you can see across all the picks, um, you know, like all the overpays happen at different points in the draft for different reasons. But the one common part of them is that there's a connection between name recognition and hype and, you know, like in perceived fantasy value that ends up driving up the prices. So when you look at Kawhi, the crucial point that happened there is Kevin Durant goes for $45 at pick 11. And then if you were looking at the board at that point, you would very conspicuously see that Kawhi Leonard is the only star left. There was like 
LeBron is there, but I don't think that people view him as the same kind of star at this point in his career, and particularly in a fantasy context with, you know, the inefficiencies in his game. And I think that you're looking at Kawhi there, and I think that a couple people were like, holy crap, I don't have a star on my team, and there's really only one left. And then they got in a bidding war with each other. Um, Same thing happened at the very end of the draft um, with D'Angelo Russell, which is that he's kind of the last really good player left, and so he ends up getting you know driven up uh, as well right. and then I think you know with with um, Tyrese Halliburton um, and Darius Baisley um, all of these are examples of people coming in with this idea that these are sleeper picks um, that these are like good long-term values and they in I think it just you know I think for some people it, it you know the the thrill of the moment ends up overriding um, what you know, would normally be like, whoa, I'm, I'm paying way too much. You know, like this is no longer like sleeper level money. Yeah. There's definitely a rush there. And I I found it fascinating to in particular to watch some of the rookie picks, um, especially since we did a pod last week about how in part, how rookies were severely overdrafted and then watching them um, continue to be overdrafted and for more money and in a draft in which um, many people feel next year's draft will have seven or eight rookies above, you know, the top rookies this year. So it, it was sort of an interesting thing to see it continue to happen even with all of those caveats um uh there is a bit of irrationality there but it's also the unknown and newness and the fun of having a player that we have high expectations for and things like that um kyle were you happy with you you ended up with hayes right killian hayes no i didn't um i got priced out of killian hayes um Yeah, that was toward the end of the draft. And, um, you know, I tried, I tried to get Killian Hayes in, well, actually only this draft because the other two that I was in, I ended up um, going with a more efficient build and his, you know, I expect that his field goal percentage um, and turnovers um, are going to be pretty glaring and, um, and they would have really hurt me in other leagues. He would have been a perfect fit in this one. But by that point in the draft, like I was saying, you know, Alamo and I were going for very similar builds. And then he, um, he just had a bunch of money left at the end. Um, And he had the advantage. Yeah. And he had this advantage of having a rookie voucher that we have, you know, where teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, get a slight discount on rookies. And so he ended up getting, uh, I think $5 off of Killian Hayes of what he was paying. Our our two tank, rewarded with five dollar coupons for yeah. their budget salary this um, year um, Killian went for nine and you know i couldn't okay. go to ten not at that yeah. point in the draft that was the 61st pick yeah that was early-ish right yeah um uh, jalen i was interested in a couple of your picks you picked up a couple of guys who i think could uh, who have had some injury issues um they're on your il right now i think they were really good value picks they both could have big bounce backs from those injuries and be very valuable next year how are you feeling about the Derek white and jaron jackson picks at at those prices i feel really good about the Derek white pick um i i mean it's not great that it sounds like he's going to be out for weeks but right when he does come back, I got him for seven bucks, I believe. Um, and I think he's probably keepable at that price. Um, and I'm kind of basing this off of his bubble play and just the way he looked in the bubble and at the end of the season where he was shooting more threes, he was getting to the free throw line. 
and it was kind of it kind of seemed like he was being handed the keys to the offense more so. Definitely, yeah. Um, and obviously that that would be reflected in the fact that he just got the the contract extension, uh, four years, I think seventy three million. So that seems to suggest that he's in the long term plans, and they want him to kind of take over uh, control of the offense. So I, I feel pretty good about that. Jaron Jackson Jr., who I believe I got for twenty four bucks, didn't. I didn't really want him like not to say that I don't want him now that he's on my team, but like, I, I like Kyle, I just kind of got caught holding the bag there. Um, and I think I probably would have liked to try and get him at a slightly lower price if I could. But I mean, the upside is obviously there. It's just a matter of like how he looks after he comes back from injury and he does fit my build as a, as a big right. three. And, and he, he could be well. keepable at 29 next year. Um, in fact, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I would predict it right now. I would think that you would want to keep him at 29 next year, unless he, he comes back in some drastically altered form. Um, you know, another interesting uh, injury, you know, pickup was um, I'll see you on the court. Got Kemba for only twelve dollars, um, which yeah, I thought a was a pickup. really great yeah. pickup. That could last for a few years. That value. Yeah, yeah it, the the injuries this year were like really interesting. Like who people went for because yeah, I mean Kemba. I'm pretty confident that Kemba will come back and be pretty good. Um, I mean he was pretty good last year and he was kind of dealing with the same sort of thing. So I mean that's a great price. But someone like Chris Stapps, I think um, Chris Stapps went for twenty nine, twenty six. So that, yeah. So you got to think. I mean I think. Overall, Kemba's maybe he's not more valuable because Chris Stapps gives you blocks and that's like a scarce category. But I mean, Kemba's the better player in real life and just sort of in the aggregate. And so someone like Chris Stapps goes for 26, even though he's also injured and going to miss part of the season. So it's interesting there. Yeah, I could see Chris Stapps, you know, being keepable at that price too, you know, just given what he um, and what, what he can give you. But, you know, as ha you know, people were talking about in the chat when he was up on the board, you know, there are some real concerns about his knees and whether he'll, you know, ever be able to really hold up, um, you know, for, you know, f over the course of a season in a way that is going to be really actually valuable in, in the fantasy game. Yeah, and I mean, Karis LeVert went for $3. That's a steal. I mean, he's been inefficient, yeah. but like, the just the potential the potential that he gets traded and has like a larger share of an offense somewhere and he just gets to cook for a season he's going to give you the counting stats he's not going to be super efficient but he's going to give you the counting stats and as far as the rookies go i mean wiseman was for two dollars i think avdia was also for two dollars um so i mean those are steals i'm not sure what the threshold is maybe like five bucks as if you pick someone up off the wire and kept them is the threshold where you're after five bucks, you're probably overpaying for any of this year's rookies. Like you said, Hayes went for nine. I think, uh, as we talked about, uh, Edwards went for eight. Uh, Lamella Ball went for 19, which is, I definitely think, an overpay. Um, and probably, I don't know, do you think El Panther will keep Lamello at 19? I can't imagine <laughs> so, but maybe. He kept, he kept Zion this year at 39, um, which I, That's a did, lot. I didn't really – yeah, I didn't think that that was going to happen. He really likes his 
young talent. You know, he, he, he bids big. He got Carl Anthony Towns for $20 in his first year. You know, he bid high on Zion, as we saw here. Um, he got Pascal Siakam um, before people were, you know, high on, on Siakam. And, like, he, he does have a good read on who's going to be a good NBA player. I mean, I, I think just, the talent play on LaMelo is right. It's just a matter of the price. Right, exactly. And, that, and that's the thing is I think that he um, – it was weird kind of watching this time because, you know, he did the same thing with Anthony Edwards where I was like, um, you know, it was, it was almost like he was just in it regardless of, of uh, what the price was. He just wanted the player. Um, and- right. Right. I, I could have seen him keeping Anthony Edwards. Um, yeah, six. Yeah. I think that that, that was higher than I thought he'd go yeah. though. Shooting guards are always cheap though. Like yeah. there'll be there'll be shooting guards putting up Anthony Edwards numbers next season for less than eleven dollars, no doubt. What yeah. do you think? Do 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 either of you have a read on what you think is the best pick of this draft early mm-hmm. on? I mean, I like that like, KD pick. Yeah, cheap. yeah. Um, that was one of the best ones I saw. I just wasn't in on him. Um. I think KD, Kyrie, um, if I to toot my own horn, Embiid, I think Embiid's going to have a good year. I think Embiid is going to be huge. And I think 43, you know, you could be keeping him for three straight years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if I have a favorite pick. They did all right. I know my favorite pick of my team, but I just like. What's yours? I really, I, I'm, I'm high on Wiseman. Um, I didn't two, even no, two bucks. That's, I think that's a great I, value. A great upside. I, like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't plan on drafting him. I just put in a second. You know, he came on the board. I made the first bid on him. You know, um, I had one extra dollar at that point, and I bid two. I believe, or no. Yeah. It was over quickly. <laughs> That's all I remember. You got him for two, Kyle? I got him for two. I think it was already over before. Yeah, I think yeah. it was over before I could even bid on him. And um, um, that was another one where I didn't plan on it. He really was – he was a little on my radar, but it was, like, definitely not at that point in the draft. He actually got nominated relatively early. Um, right. but that, and I didn't even think about it too much. I was happy to get him. Um, but then at the, af- at the end of the draft, I was looking over my team. I was like, I think that that might have been, like, the best pickup. Nice. Draft, yeah, you know? there's some picks in the middle of the draft here. Horford for only nine dollars. Like I think he'll be legitimately good and better this season. Definitely. Third, yeah. Surge for ten is not bad. Um, right. And there's someone else here in the middle of the draft that I liked. Well, I definitely overpaid for Nerlens Noel because he fit my build. But Cam Reddish for three is like not necessarily a steal, but like I think. You just I, if he has even a halfway decent season this year, you probably just keep him. Like I don't know. Like I think that the future is bright, even though Hunter uh, has looked good this preseason. Like I just think I, I believe in Reddish. I think you said that at the time of the draft, Kyle. Um, and neither of us Reddish. got him, but yeah, I, I think Reddish is good. And also, I wanted to mention um, uh, Culver. Jared Culver's knocking down free throws this preseason. Uh, are you back on the Culver train? <laughs> you know, I haven't really been paying attention to him, but he's one of those players that really fits my build. And, um, and you know, not 
because of the free throw shooting um, because I will be punting that anyway. But, you know, the sort of secondary stats and, um, you know, a wing player who rebounds pretty well um, and, uh, you know, and, and can get some assists. In fact, he was getting more assists last year than like any other category in terms of, you know, none of these were high for him, but, you know, relative to his value, you know, next to other players, his, his assists were pretty good. Um, but no, I hadn't, I hadn't even noticed, honestly. Um, I mean that, don't you just think it's a mess there on the wing for the Wolves? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of out on the, on the Wolves this year. Like, I mean, (laughs) someone was talking about this on a podcast I was listening to the Warriors basically said, we're trading you D'Angelo Russell and we think you're going to be worse. We're going to, you, we think you're going to be bad with D'Angelo Russell in part because we think D'Angelo Russell is bad or he's bad enough on defense to bring you down. And the fact that they drafted Anthony Edwards is obviously going to be bad for their overall win total. And he's going to get a lot of minutes. So there's just a lot of guards and wing players out there, especially if you consider like what position is Anthony Edwards? Is he actually a shooting guard? Is he going to play some of the three and how does that cut into the, the play of Culver? I mean, they let go of, of, of uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who some people were saying looked like maybe their best player in the preseason. And you have to imagine they did that. So they wouldn't have to like give him minutes uh, ahead of of these other people like Culver and Edwards um, and a Kogi. So yeah, there's just a lot of bodies in on the wing there. Um, And it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think if you're betting on towns and D'Angelo Russell, they're going to eat for sure. That's who the, the, the organization uh, is built around. So they're going to get their touches. And so is Edwards. Um, but yeah, for everyone else, it's, it's, it is going to be a mess, I think. Yeah. Um, you guys, uh, I can't remember Jalen, whether you have another team, but Kyle, you have a couple of teams in other leagues. Uh, did you take different approaches in the fantasy drafts there? Similar approaches. And I know you drafted two teams at once, which is completely insane. Um, please describe your state of mind as that was happening. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) no, I did not have the same build as I do in scorekeeper in part because, um, they're not redraft leagues. So I wasn't, you know, pushed into any, um, I'm sorry, they are redraft leagues. Um, they aren't keeper leagues. Um, so I wasn't pushed into any particular build and I just find that having a build, requires so much kind of like mental processing um, of the picks that are available that I thought that I needed to go with something much more intuitive. And so for both of those, for those two drafts that were happening at the same time, I did, you know, basically an efficiency build. I went for players who were good across the board. They might not be great in, in like any category really, but they will give you a little bit of everything. Um, And I was really happy with the way that they came out. I ended up with some players that um, I wasn't expecting, Um, you know, in, in one of the, the leagues, I I started off, I think in both of them, actually, my first pick was Kawhi, um, which I, you know, never would have guessed would have been sort of where I would go. Um, but a and, pretty balanced stat line. Yeah, but but it, it also solidified that as the approach I was going to take. I was like, okay, I've got Kawhi. Now I'll, um, you know, and I picked up Chris Paul around him at a really great price and Jason Tatum. Um, and I ended up actually getting Andre Drummond because the league that I was in had in the past had 
offensive rebounds as a category alongside defensive rebounds. Okay. Um, I hadn't gotten the email from the league commissioner though. Um, it was just like a mix up in like, I sent it to Yahoo mail cause I got sick of so many DFS emails from them. So um, I didn't get the email about it, but they dropped that category. So I kind of <laughs> got, got drumming there. Um, and I don't know, I'll kind of like, I'll hang on to him sort of see what, what, what he does. It's still like um, I picked up so much free throw shooting that he might just be okay. Um, right. Anyway. Um, and, uh, and, you know, in the other league, I basically, you know, started off with Kawhi as well, which gave me the, um, you know, which allowed me to kind of like, um, you know, be able to look at the two draft boards in the same way which made it right. a lot easier to kind of deal with going back and forth between them. And uh, that one as well, I just kind of went for value. I ended up picking up Chris Paul as well, because I thought that he's another player that sure. can go really well alongside Kawhi. Got Kyrie at a really great value there. Um, brought in um, Vucevic um, and Nurkic um, and Fred Van Vliet. Um, and, uh, you know, and then just kind of filled out around there. Um, another kind of like, crossover I had I was I remember Michael you were in that league and it got to the point where I realized I had no small forwards and I was like looking <laughs> at the board and I'm like who's left uh and I ended up um outbidding you for Jeremy Grant um and then having oh, right. to, like, you were stealing every piston I tried to bid on I oh is that what it was too yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned Jeremy Grant I think he's going to be someone who is like the dichotomy between his real life uh importance and ability and ranking and and his fantasy is going to be pretty steep just because yeah. he's going to have a lot of opportunity. But I think he's probably also going to turn the ball over a lot and not shoot a great percentage with all of that opportunity. But if he can give you enough points, enough rebounds, the occasional assist, block some shots, like he'll at least rack up some numbers, which will be good for you in fantasy, especially if you're in like a build that can handle his turnovers and poor um, field goal percentage. Right. It's going to be interesting to watch the Pistons um, players who aren't the center this year because you know Drummond took up so many rebounds I, and I just don't see that happening with Plumley. and so I think that you're going to see some of these players like Jeremy Grant um, and you know maybe Killian Hayes rebounds pretty well for for a point guard and you know, DeLon you see, Wright gets some boards yeah for, like you see it just sort of distributed out or they just might be a really bad defensive rebounding team <laughs> or rebounding team in general you know um, so yeah, it could could play out in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I expect Jeremy Grant to be very inefficient. Um, and Blake Griffin was not. He was he was taking a lot of you know deep you know jumpers um, and uh, and missing them in the preseason. And um, I'm I'm worried that that's going to be the trend for the whole season with them. Right, right. Jalen, did you have another team? I can't remember. No, I'm not okay. drafted. I'm not in any other leagues. Okay. Michael, how do you, so you, you, you usually have several teams, you know, yeah. beyond score team. What do you well, like? I, I like to, I like to experiment with the builds and try different things and that sort of stuff. So in the, in the second league where um, Kyle, you and I drafted together, that was the league that, um, Chris put together uh, Haberdasher. Uh, he, it, it's for now called and maybe forever called. Um, uh, I was pretty, ex that was on Sunday. I was pretty exhausted from our draft on Saturday. I still had severe decision fatigue heading in uh, to the haberdasher 
draft and I ended up going for it. I always sort of wanted to try this. I thought it'd be a fun league to give it a shot with. I went not just for the stars and scrubs. I went for a superstars and scrubs build. Uh, in my first five guys, I spent a lot of my money, almost all of my money. It was LeBron James, uh, Giannis, Bam, um, who am I missing? Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons were my first five guys, a really sort of strong free throw turnover punt. And, um, you know, I just tried to fill in as best I could through the, from there. And I'm hoping to work the wire and see where that leaves me. Um, it was, uh, so I'm, I'm looking at that league as just sort of fun. Like Kyle, you drafted extremely well there. I think you're the, uh, have to be the favorite right now though. I didn't check it. Uh, I think I have plenty of work to do, but um, I want to do the work. I want, like, it's a team where I'm going to work the waiver wire all year long and just improve it. That is a fun part of the game. And so <laughs> one, one thing to mention about scorekeeper is I dropped a player that I think most people must just think I'm pretty crazy to drop because, um, you know, he projects to play really well. Uh, I dropped Jay Crowder, um, but I did it because in my build, he actually wasn't the, the, the lowest ranked player on my team in terms right. of my build. That, that was actually Derek well, Rose, but I, but I needed Derek Rose's points and assists. Um, right. And the, the stats, um, you know, that Crowder was, giving me just I didn't need um the main right. thing was well, his rebounds. usage yeah was the rebounds and I partially dropped him because I I still believe in Kevin Porter um and so right. I I just decided I'm gonna get him before he comes and even plays a game I think he's gonna play in the first week I think now that the charges have been dropped they're gonna get him in in there sometime in this first week I think he's gonna show out I think people are gonna be like oh why did we you know sleep on this person again um and, uh, and, but I also did it because if it doesn't, I want to play the wire. I really want to just play, you know, sure. play the churn and play the free agent pool. And it's a really fun part of, you know, it's, it's the one thing that's driving me crazy about my scorekeeper team right now is I don't have anybody I would be willing to drop. And I, at the same time, I also want to pick up somebody on the waiver wire. So <laughs> I'm in this weird spot where I want to do something, but it's not the best decision to do something. So that's part of the reason in Haberdasher, I unequivocally went with the, I'm going to be replacing guys as we go on the fly uh, build um, just yeah. for the fun of it. I don't, I don't really know what to do. I'm in a very unfamiliar position in having drafted decently well and having drafted like very meticulously for the build and like yeah. fit of my players where I'm a bit nervous about picking up anyone on the wire where I'm like well if this person shoots like 36% for the week I might just lose right. what advantage <laughs> I have in field goal percentage uh, right. so I don't know so I'm a bit nervous about that but like normally in my first two years in the league I've been on the wire all the time I think I was second or third in most uh, waiver wire moves last year um, and that's yeah. my thing to do. And, and especially last year when I didn't really have much chance of making the playoffs, it, it was, you know, it was fun to like make trades. I, I got Michael Porter Jr. in a trade and pick up people on the wire. And sort of that was my fun. And that was the thing right. that I was really going after. And so, yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit lost and, and sort of out of character now. And I've got to figure out how to like, you know, walk that line of building for the present, but also like seeing if I can, you know, make any value plays on the wire and whatever i'll just say this 
I don't know who's listening to this, uh, if anyone in our league is listening to this, but I think Cole Anthony is going to be pretty good. Um, and and Who like, got him? I think uh, last I checked, he was still on the wire, but maybe someone's oh. picked him up now. Maybe someone's okay. picked him up by now. But um, uh, I yeah. think he's still available. Like, I think um, – I mean, he's just good. I, I think he's yeah. solid, the pedigree, the NBA background, the skills – they're all there. It's, it's just it's a question just, of minutes. Yeah, it's just a question of minutes and efficiency. And if, if the efficiency isn't a right. worry, like I think he's a very, very easy upside play if you're like feeling like you're out of it or you're feeling like you want you just want to stream a position or you want to take some some value in the wire. I think he's he's gonna be good. And also Okiki for the magic has also looked solid in the in the preseason. I don't think right. he's going to get enough minutes to maybe be found fantasy relevant this season, but I mean, he can shoot the three. He's intelligent, has made some nice passes. Like I think the skill set is there and, you know, I'll be looking forward to see what he develops into. Right. We just got right. some news, breaking news. Uh, they are reporting now that um, James Wiseman will start um, the opening game Yeah, wow, for the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even I don't even real I don't know how he went for two dollars or how it happened. Like it happened so fast and it's it's wild because I knew that he was gonna start and like I didn't even like <laughs> it was just over so fast. Right. Yeah, there are a few that just popped up like that and disappeared. Um but So yeah, that's a huge yeah. that's a huge win for you, Kyle. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, um, we've been talking only about fantasy. Let's switch to the real NBA version right now. We have our first game coming on tonight in just, what is it? Three and a half hours from now. Um, the it's, I, I think the Warriors and the Nets are first. Is that right? I can't even remember. Yeah. Now. Yep. yeah Warriors Nets first. And then the two LA teams, uh, second. Um, I'm really looking forward to that first game, especially. I can't wait to see what the Warriors look like in their new iteration, and um, I can't wait to see what the Nets look like in their even newer iteration, and what the offense is there, how many passes are moving around the perimeter, um, you know, new version of seven seconds or less or some other uh, contemporary version of that. Um, I'm, I'm just really excited to see what that looks like tonight. Michael, can I ask you? So yeah. you're a longtime Nets fan, we know. Uh, you, you, they, were, they were your league pass team for the last couple of years. Are, are they still front and center for you or, or is I, I mean, anything changing really... your thinking? I mean, it was hard to watch last year with, you know, playing a, a team that was in that configuration with KD out and then Kyrie getting hurt. And, you know, they were sort of playing in a holding pattern, the coach, the players, everybody, nobody quite knew where they would be or what to expect. So last year was a little rough to watch in that sense. Um, I still just like them and will continue to like them. My like of the Nets goes all the way back to the ABA, to be clear. So Dr. J, he was my guy, New Jersey Nets, et cetera, et cetera. I have that gear and the new gear. Um, so for me, there's a long history there. Of, of, of watching them and following that team. And, and so it'll always still be there. 
I fell in love with him again in recent years, though, before KD and Kyrie signed on. And it was just, it was, it was Kenny Atkinson was still the coach. It was a lot of young players. And they just played really hard and had a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun in the arena. It was my league pass team um, two, three years ago. Uh, I had to sort of give that up a little just because, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the same team anymore. Um, but I, um, with Steve Nash, who was always a favorite of mine as a player, I'm just looking forward to whatever form this takes. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. I, 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 know, I know that the team changed a lot, and I was curious if your fandom, you know, shifted with that. I mean, I'm pretty flexible with my fandom. The part of bringing it up was to say that, guess who I'll be rooting for in that game? <laughs> right. The Warriors, which you wow. wouldn't expect because, yeah. you know, like I said. It's a big I, flip I, for you. Well, it's not really because my – the it was really circumstantial. I was only rooting sure, against sure. the Warriors because of the circumstance of what I saw to be a historical anomaly in right. in the salary cap situation that allowed the best team in the league to get the best free agent and one of the top 10 players ever in Kevin Durant and I just thought it was crazy and I and, and it uh, doesn't carry over to how the Nets picked up KD and Kyrie for you that's uh, no not really it's just entirely within yeah, the, no it's just yeah. I I just always you know I like Draymond always did you know I like I like Steph um I don't I just can't I can't really describe it. I don't like think too hard about these things. I go with like whatever my, wherever my rooting interest seems to be trending. And for whatever reason, I'm going into this game. I'm like, huh, I'm rooting for the Warriors. Who knew? For either of you, is there a team you think you'll be watching this year that you weren't watching last year? Definitely the Hornets. Pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to keep track of LaMelo's development throughout the season. Um, He's just a lot of fun, man. The passes are great. It's so much fun. <laughs> just just catching the Miles Bridges highlights with Lamella, like that that's enough for me at times. But like those passes are going to everybody on that team. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I think, I think I'd put a little bit more time into the Wizards this year. Um you know, I I don't expect for them to really go anywhere, but they are the local team. You know, they're the team that we get on cable here and um and so there's going to be opportunity to see a lot of them. And right. I, I do think that we can expect that they will win more games than last year with um, sure. Russell Westbrook in the mix. I'm interested to see in what um, Denny Avdia does. Um, right. there, there's, you know, with Rui going out now um, for the start of the season, it looks like he's, you know, Avdia is going to get real opportunity. And if he ends up clicking and becomes that kind of, you know, um, you know, shooter and you know tertiary playmaker great glue guy like he does everything he's always in the right spot um those european highlights i can't remember what league like he he looked like the kind of guy who could slot in on any team Mm. yeah and just uh quickly um these aren't there's really no rookie major rookie consideration with these two picks but i mean i'm gonna be watching the grizz and the pelicans again i think both players both john Morant has looked great in the preseason uh, Zion has looked pretty good in the preseason as well. So just seeing how those two guys take steps forward in their second year, you know, obviously Ja was had an amazing rookie season and got tons of praise, rightfully so. And then for Zion, it was more of an up and down season. And so it's more of a, a prove it season for him. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how those those two players develop. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the Grizzlies, definitely. I hope they make a big jump. Um, and, I, you know, it'll be a while before uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is back and the, sort of they have the full complement of players. And Winslow, too. Like, they have hurt guys that are going to come back and improve that team. Um, I, I'm, I'm very up on Memphis and what they can do. Uh, but the team I think I'll be watching that I haven't been is the Phoenix Suns, who, in part because of the bubble and it was just so much fun, and part because they've made what I think are some really smart moves uh, to make a jump uh, in the West there. And um, then the other part, I guess I have to mention it on every single pod we do, their new jerseys are the best jerseys. I'm just going to be watching their games to see those jerseys in that gear. So um, yeah, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. And I just, yeah, um, what Monty Williams has put together there, the way those guys are playing with such verve and confidence, it's, it's kind of fun to see. Um, okay, so let's, uh, from teams we're watching, we had also uh, briefly discussed, uh, um, we, we've done it every year, every year, uh, so many years now. Um, what, do you want to make uh, your picks for, um, let's just do uh, NBA finals, one pick each. I mean, you know, East and West, who you got? Boy, that's a good one. So, can, can I pose the question to you too? Um, do we think that the Western Conference Finals is um, pretty well set between Lakers and Clippers again, or do you see another team breaking in there? Um, you know, I think particularly of, of the Nuggets. I mean, you might have a bounce back year from the Blazers too. Um, you know, sure. maybe some improvement from Dallas, um, but I yep. still think that they're just a little. They didn't bit quite behind. improve enough the way yeah. the Trailblazers or um, or Clippers or um, Nuggets did. Well, the Nuggets didn't really improve. Um, I, mean, I, I think the Lakers are in. Sorry, that's my long fumbly answer. I think the Lakers definitely. I'm picking them. The Clippers. I'm still a little concerned about the issues they've had and them fitting together. Um, you know, when teams have had these sort of. Um, I don't know. Let's just call them communication issues uh, throughout the team that they don't recover from it. So I don't know that the Clippers ever really get it together in this iteration. Yeah, I actually, I feel the same way, but I think that what's gonna happen, so my pick, you know, to cut to the chase, my pick out of the Western Conference is Lakers. the Lakers. I think they're the best team in the league. I think I predict them to win the championship right now. You know, if I, a lot of things can happen over the course of a season, it may not pan out, but that's the way predict predictions work you know the lakers are i think odds on favorites right yeah, now to win and to and i think that then what that means is if the what and what i'm predicting right now is that they will face the clippers in the western conference finals or somewhere along the way that the the clippers and the lakers we're gonna see that matchup in the playoffs this year whether it's in the semis or in the the western conference finals i think the lakers win and i do think that that will be the the end of that team in terms of like their their ability to 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 you know really compete and um i don't know if they'll actually like break it apart right then but i think that for the you know for the reasons that you're mentioning michael um 
that well, I mean, they can't really break it apart because they've oh, signed, yeah, they they signed right. uh, PG and Luke Kennard and Marcus. They sealed Moore. themselves, right? So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I suppose if Kawhi decides not to re-sign, then they have to figure out what to do from there. But it seems unlikely that they're going. All George is a tradable contract. Kennard is probably a tradable contract. I mean, like you can always do things. I, I'm not saying that those are yeah. the things that they would do, but you know, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I also don't think that, um, you know, they would break it up right away after that. But I do think it, you could see it be the end of, of their ability to compete. That it, it could, you know, those are the kind of things that can crush you. Um, so that's my, that my, my prediction is the Lakers in the West. Um, I, I think part of me really hopes that it's the Bucks in the East because um, I really want um, – I want Giannis's decision to have been worth it. Um, I I don't know that I'm high on that pick though. Um, yeah, I'm not sure they did enough. Um, I don't know that they think they did enough either. They were trying to do more. Um, I, I I think if that happens, and it was part of my bet, uh, bet so to speak, in drafting him. I think if that happens, Giannis makes another little jump um, somehow, either free throws, three-point shooting, some other aspect of his game. Somebody else in Milwaukee is going to have to make a jump. I don't know if they have the guys as it stands to get it done. Um, you think that Brooklyn makes it out of the East is the big question that I have. I mean, that's my pick. I'm picking the Nets. Historically, teams haven't made it their first year together. Um, it happens here and there. You know, like you have the 2007 uh, Celtics did it. They went straight to the finals and won. Yeah, you know, the Heat and, did it. And, and the Heat went straight right. to the finals and lost. Um, but that could be an aberration just because basically LeBron teams go straight to the finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. And, and right. so there is an alternate explanation there, LeBron. It, it's tough to pick them to me um, just because there are a couple of teams like Miami and the Bucks, who I really think can beat a team that hasn't been together as long, that hasn't had time to gel in the playoffs. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, assuming assuming the Sixers don't trade for James Harden, I think I I'd lean Bucks, Nets, Heat, Celtics, and I kind of don't really like I don't know I I'm not gonna pick the Bucks. Like I just I yeah I, yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel I feel comfortable not picking them and being wrong. Like I just would rather see it first. Um, and I want to pick the Heat just out of loyalty, fan loyalty, but. I don't know. I mean, I think I'll think I'll just go Brooklyn because I feel like I'm walking the line of like talent and upside and just like fit and things like that. And then obviously I think my second pick, like if I was picking an order, I would say Brooklyn Celtics heat uh, is how I would go about it um, for coming out of the East. But yeah, I would just say like, like Michael Celt um, Lakers and Nets in the finals. Yeah, yeah, we're in agreement there. And, you know, partly I'm picking the Nets because it would be, to me, the most fun option, not just because I'm a Nets fan, but just the story of this team playing together, first year together, new coach, you yeah, know, totally. making all of that happen. And and the Nets yeah. could trade for James Harden, too, which would obviously <laughs> boost their ability to get to the finals. Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's, that, that's true. These teams aren't done yet. I don't think the Sixers are done yet. I don't think the Bucks are done yet uh, in the sense that they still will be making moves. But, um, yeah, I, I think my picks are a little obvious there. But uh, I'm a lot higher on the Sixers than – 
It sounds like you are, Jalen. Um, I at least put them above the, the Celtics. I might put them above the Bucks. Um, I might put them above the Nets. Um, you know, I, I think, think that like I getting their... shooting, getting shooting around those, you know, Simmons, yeah. we've seen what they can do with shooting around them. And they're both better than what they were two years ago when they were a shot away from making the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, with that Kawhi shot. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm not ready to write them off yet. I'm still worried about their half court offense. They're definitely going to improve, I think, with their efficiency with that shooting. Um, but I'm I would ready. really love them yeah. to have a guard who could run the half court. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily ready to write them off either. But, like, they traded Horford and Richardson, which meant that their defense took a hit, even though their defense wasn't really up to the reputation that we all expected for them going <laughs> into the season for, you know, for Curry who fits their offense more. So like, if you want to look at it that way, like if, if their offense, I mean, if their defense is taking a hit and their offense is going to be worse than the Nets, which I expect it to be, I'm kind of having a hard time putting them over the Nets considering that like the Nets might have the best offense in the league and their two top players, I think are probably just better than Embiid and Simmons, especially in a playoff context where an ISO bucket is super important. So, so I don't know. Like, I mean, if I'm being honest, I really have a hard time wrapping my head around this and picking these things. And I would love to like hear someone who who's done this for a while, talk about the process for, for choosing these, because, you know, obviously I, I have an understanding of what these teams look like, but like, you know, really, really getting into the nitty gritty about who you think is who you believe long-term in playoff potential is like a, a thing that I think I could get better at. Yeah, it's a tough thing to uh, work through. I find it's really becomes a question of emotion and just the teams I like the most or the stories I like the best. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, and, so. and I want it to be more like, you know, structured than that. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, um, all right. Well, uh, that is the recap of our scorekeeper fantasy draft as well as some other fantasy drafting. And those are our predictions for this very new season, which begins in just a few hours. That is this week for the Shot Tower pod. We are turning off the Phantom power cheers